0: Yes, indeed, it is. And a good thing to you, seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. And we are underway on a Monday, the seventh morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Boy, did I miss the sound of the great communicator. Uh, That Reagan Open just got me. You know, from time to time, because I play it every day, as you know, twice a day. Top of the first hour, top of the second hour. Every so often, every few months, I'll stop and I'll pause and I'll reflect. And I'll start the show unscripted, like I am right now just talking about him talking about what that means to me how it makes me feel and so on and so forth it inspires me at a time when i think a lot of us really need inspiration just listening to the words and and the 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 authenticity of his love for country when you hear ronald reagan speak Sometimes it just hits me, and this is one of those times, because I was gone all last week, so I didn't hear it for an entire week. I was down in uh, uh, America's North Korea. I think that's what it's called, right? Isn't that what Jimmy Kimmy, Jimmy Kimmy, Jimmy Kimmel just called the state of Florida, called it America's North Korea, which is something that I will talk about as we go this morning. He called Florida America's North Korea. This is what the left thinks of... Um, States that are, and this is the bizarre part about it, of course, free states that actually don't impose government lockdowns the way they do in places like North Korea. You want to talk about what looks like North Korea? Give me California. Give me New York. Give me New Jersey. Give me the the deepest blue of the blue states, and you're going to find giant government restricting the freedoms of the people. That would be your America's North Korea. But at any rate, I came from a place, ironically, this past week, uh, very, very different than the state we live in right now, than the state of Ohio. I came back home from Florida where, you know, it's funny. I just said that I missed the voice of Ronald Reagan, but I got a kind of a taste of it from Ronald DeSantis, the governor of the state that we just visited for a week is maybe the next Reagan in the making. Maybe a combination of Reagan and President Trump's best qualities. I got to tell you, I was so excited, and I was so enthusiastic, and I am going to be even more so about Ron DeSantis, as almost every other day he's, he does something else extraordinarily important, brilliant, accurate, right side. It, it's, it's just all coming together down there. I'll talk more about that in a moment, but I do want to start our day, as I always do, with a pause for the pledge. So if you would please stand up. I hope you did this while I was gone. I don't know if the guest hosts did this. But uh, if you would please rise, face your flag if you have one, put your hand over your heart and join us as we stay, uh, recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Liberals, go ahead and take your proverbial knee. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You thought I was going to forget that, didn't you? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I know I, I was kind of going off the cuff there because of the Reagan Open that does uh, things to me sometimes, but uh, nope, always going to give you our Pledge of Allegiance to start our show. Now, having said that, I want to go back to last week. Um, apparently, I missed a few things. <laughs> Some things happened while I was away, and I did my best to stay away from them, really. I mean, it really was a vacation for my family, and I did my best to stay away from news and politics and current events. I put my phone down uh, as often or for as long of a period as I could. Uh, I stayed in communication with a few people, but I I know I missed a lot of things. or things that I'm going to have some comments on to make up for last week. But before I do any of that, I want to say thank you to the guest host list. That ran down uh, last week for us. Uh, I'm very, very, very blessed, seriously, to have such a deep and talented roster of people willing to sit in on this program. And, in fact, they often, you know, champ at the bit to, to sit in and host this program. But to my friend Khalid Namar, uh, terrific as all. You know, I've, I didn't hear everything live, obviously, but I check in with people who I know listen to the show that I can trust to give me some feedback. And I love the rave reviews that I get from people, uh, you know, like, or about people like Khalid Namar, who ran uh, the show for us on Tuesday. Rob Walgate, uh, also with Dave Zanotti on Tuesday and Wednesday. Just two veteran radio pros. Uh, I know they were fantastic. I got a lot of great feedback about them as well. And then, of course, <laughs> I have now I have Kersenow on my bench. What other show can say that? No disrespect to any other radio shows. Particularly the nationally syndicated shows, who I, of course, have massive respect for. But how many of them can say that they have Peter Kersenow, a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, an attorney, a brilliant columnist, and author, and, and one of the best conservative pundits in America, on the bench... Waiting to come in whenever he is called upon Kersenow did the show on Friday, and I know you loved that So thank you to one and all thank you also to Derek and Andrew and Josh and Marcy and everybody else behind the scenes who make things go when I'm not here and one of the guest hosts does have to uh, take the reins and run a great show So thank you to the crew for everything as well last week now to the news of the day and to the most important matter at hand I Did a speech Uh, earlier in the year. And I want to say it was... It might have been in January. It might have been in February. But it was pretty early. I've given a lot of speeches this first half of this year now. We are about halfway through the year. Doesn't that freak you out? It's June 7th. We're almost halfway at the half point of the year. Halfway point of the year. But at any rate, um, one of the first speeches that I gave uh, was at Medina County Friends and Neighbors. That's Lisa Wood's wonderful conservative organization. Just a group of patriots. It was fantastic out in Medina. And this was... I want to say it was late January. It was after the January runoff election in Georgia. We knew that the Senate was our break wall. We knew that the Senate was going to be our, you know, our last chance. Pelosi kept the House, even though we took a huge chunk out of her majority. Biden stole the White House, and we were panicking about what's going to happen. Holy goodness, they're going to reform, reshape. Well, that, that's what word the Obama administration used, and it continues now into this new administration. Fundamentally transform America, in other words, tear apart and destroy the republic that was built, and replace it. Transform means change. To change it into something else that is unrecognizable, and that's what they have, you know, been been uh, intent upon doing. And after the runoff election, we said. Actually, going into the runoff election, we said all we need to do is hold the Senate, even if it's by a one-vote majority. Just win one of those races. Both of them would be better. Stop a Raphael Warnock, for crying out loud, from going into the United Senate. Just hold the Senate, and we'll be able to hold off the most damaging legislation that Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden can come up with. And then we lost the Georgia elections. Again, fair or foul is a matter of dispute for some. But we lost both of those runoff elections, and the Democrats have, of course, their 50 50 tie, and the Kamala Harris tiebreak vote making them the majority. And when I gave that speech at um, Medina County Friends and Neighbors, there were a lot of very long faces, and there were a lot of very nervous and disappointed, fearful people. Because now the Democrats have it all they have the House, they have the Senate by that tiebreak majority, and they have the White House. And they are going to try to do everything that they can to literally fundamentally transform the country in two years before they have a chance to lose back the majority in either one of those legislative bodies. And our fail-safe was gone. Our break wall was gone, which was the Senate. And so those long faces and nervous voices, and, and, and I had one too. I was not feeling great. Uh, after that, uh, on the radio, you probably recall, after that those runoff elections in Georgia. What I told that crowd that morning in Medina, when they asked, what do we do? We've lost everything. We lost the White House. We lost the Senate. We lost, you know, they still have the majority of the House. What do we do? And the answer that I gave after kind of laying out some of the problems as I saw them and trying to look forward to what do we do, I said... What I'm going to say now, I said, we just have to tread water. We're not going to advance. We're not going to be able to gain anything. We're not going to be able to pass anything that's of of great note that we are interested in passing. We're not going to be able to make any advantages for the American people and continue the America First policy and platform that Donald Trump had started. We will make no advances whatsoever. Our goal at this point, I said and I say, was to just tread water. Don't drown. Don't drown. And by 2024, when the Democrats, or excuse me, 2022, when the Democrats are done trying to do everything they can to destroy this country as we know it, the American people will see what unchecked one-party power, especially in the hands of progressives who don't like the country, once they see what that looks like, that's when we will regain our majorities and be able to stonewall what would become a lame duck Biden administration for the last two years of, of Biden and Harris's or Harris and Biden's presidency. Just tread water. And I said in the way we tread water is that we encourage every Republican. If you were at this speech, maybe you can call. And and confirm what I'm talking about here. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. I said we need to com- uh, uh, to reach out, and we need to talk with every Republican in Ohio that's in the uh, in the U.S. House or in the Senate. And obviously, you're not going to talk to Sherrod Brown, so you got one senator. But you need to push them to reach out across the aisle and work on bringing just a single Democrat or two away from the the madness, pull them away from the edge of the press precip- the, the precipice of the, you know, of the, of the, of the pit of hell that they would create. I said, if we can just get Jim Jordan and if we can just get, you know, some of our, some of our more conservative minded, but yet reasonable people in the, uh, in the house and in the Senate to reach out to just the occasional Republican, like a Joe Manchin, and say, you know what, Joe, we have a lot more in common than we do, uh, you know, that separates us. And let's talk about those things. Let's talk about what makes this country great. The fact that it isn't run by single-party rule, that we always have the ability to work with one another, to make good uh, decisions and compromises that help everybody. Reach out and just hope that a Joe Manchin, this is what I said, this is back in January, I just hope that a Joe Manchin, who's going to vote with the Democrats the vast majority of the time, But if we can just convince him to not vote with the Democrats on the most radical of the bills that are coming, then we can tread that water until 2022. Just work on Joe Manchin to not not support a complete federal takeover of our electoral process, we said. Or I said. Convince Joe Manchin that while he's got to stay with his progressive Democrat party, we understand, don't destroy the legislative filibuster. That has been a tool that has been in use by the minority party and has both parties and thus the country have benefited from for decades and decades and decades. Don't take that away now. You know that's not right. Joe, if your entire party says we need to add a 51st state, let's make Washington, D.C. a 51st state, don't be radical. You know that that's not right, and there's a reason why it has not been done. You know that's not correct, Joe. They're going to want to abolish the Electoral College. You know, people, you're in a, you're in a purplish state in West Virginia. You got Democrats down there, and you got Republicans down there, and you know that's not right to limit anybody, and don't limit people in flyover country. And say that because they have a smaller population in their big cities, quote-unquote big cities, than the massive urban centers that we have in the coast, on the coasts, don't take away their votes by getting rid of the Electoral College. Work on Joe Manchin and say, Joe, you know what else they're going to do? They're going to try to pack the Supreme Court with nine or 11, or 13 members so that they can retake a liberal, progressive, activist-in-robe majority? Don't, don't, don't. Let's let's not do that. Let's not fundamentally rock the foundation upon which this great republic was built by doing those radical things. And if we can just get Joe Manchin, this is back in January, just get Joe Manchin to, to not destroy the country. He can become as powerful, if not more powerful, than Joe Biden. Because he can stop this runaway legislative destruction train that the Democrats wanted to put us on. Well, here we are, and I have in front of my eyes right now the op ed that ran yesterday. Joe Manchin, Why I'm Voting Against the For the People Act. That is the federal takeover of the election process to make sure that no state in the union will ever be able to control their own elections again rampant voter fraud the likes of which we saw uh, back on november 3rd will be codified it will be uh uh, ingrained in american law that they will be able to do anything and everything they want to keep their uh, uh power for well in perpetuity and joe manchin is the one Democrat senator that we could count on or that we hoped we could count on to stop the madness, and it's working. Joe uh, Joe Manchin has also said that he will not vote in support of an end to the legislative filibuster. It's working. Joe Manchin is not going to support packing the Supreme Court. It's working. Joe Manchin is not going to vote to make Washington, D.C. a state. It's working we have to tread water just don't drown we're not going to win a race between now and 2022 but as long as we're still alive as long as we can still head off the worst of the legislation that is going to come down the line by getting people like joe manchin to be reasonable we're going to be okay and guess what i feel good I feel good because listening to and reading Joe Manchin's arguments here lets me believe this is not a one-time thing. This isn't a blip on the radar. This isn't just a, uh, you know an aberration. This is going to be how he's going to decide to not destroy the fundamental foundational principles of the United States of America. It's working, my friends. We're halfway through 2021. It's working. All right, it's 924. I know that was a long opening monologue. We'll catch up right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. I'll tell you what, uh, 927. I like Jonah Schultz. I really do. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good candidate. I think Max Miller is a good guy and a good candidate, too. It's going to be very, very tough, that Republican primary, uh, to uh, get Anthony Gonzalez out of there. Uh, And I got to tell you, I thought if if you were disgusted, (coughs) excuse me, if you were disgusted by Anthony Gonzalez and his vote to impeach President Trump, or at least to send President Trump to the Senate for an impeachment trial, uh, if you thought you were disgusted then, you know, you better wait and see what he's done since then. uh, Because. Anthony Gonzalez just continues to sell out America and sell out his conservative voters who voted for him. I'm very, very surprised and very disappointed by that. But I like Joe and I like Max, and we are going to have to get Anthony Gonzalez out of there. From Joe Manchin's op-ed. Now, mind you, this isn't going to sound extraordinarily conservative because he's a Democrat. But I think he has a lot of conservative principles in his Democrat ideological makeup. What he wrote was, quote, We are now witnessing... That the fundamental right to vote has itself become overtly politicized. Today's debate about how to best protect our right to vote and to hold elections, however, is not about finding common ground, but seeking partisan advantage. Whether it is state laws that seek to needlessly restrict voting or politicians who ignore the need to secure our elections, partisan policymaking won't instill confidence in our democracy. It will destroy it. Uh, that's just a very small part of the long op-ed uh that Joe Manchin wrote explaining why he is voting against the Democrat federalization um of elections. The For the People Act. You know, like I said, some of that is incorrect. He said state laws that seek to needlessly restrict voting. No state laws that are being passed by Georgia or any other kind of red states that are trying to make sure that any of the questionable things that were done, and I'm being charitable there. Any of the questionable things that were done uh, in the November 3rd elections because of COVID and because of other reasons, you know, none of them are re- uh, uh, restricting voting. None of them are restricting voting access to anybody. It is securing elections to make sure that everybody's vote counts and that people who don't have the right to vote don't get to vote, including the dead or the illegal uh, in this country. So he's going to have a little language in this that is going to be to pacify or placate his blue base, because he is a Democrat. But understand that that language is there just to do it. The most important language is, I will not vote to take away states' rights to conduct their own elections. When you listen to Joe Manchin, listen to the big picture don't Don't get bogged down in all of the minutiae of some of the language, because he's got to put something in there to placate his base. All right, it's 9.30. We'll get news now. We'll come back. Don't forget Jim Jordan coming up at 9.48 on 1420 The Answer.
1: Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob
0: France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Okay, 938. Phone lines are open to you at uh, 216 888 281 Either one of those numbers will get you here. Don't forget Jim Jordan coming up at 948. We've got a lot to talk about regarding uh, or with uh, Jim Jordan because he has been all over Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I have not, like I said, a lot of this stuff happened while I was away, so I was not around to uh, be able to discuss these things last week. I'm going to try to catch up now, and we will do that with Jim Jordan. Um, You know, it's funny. Dr. Anthony Fauci's emails have been released because of a FOIA request. Some people call them leaked emails. doesn't matter. That seems to be the um, left-wing's defense of Dr. Fauci is that the, the Republicans are lying. Conservatives are lying. They're saying these emails have been leaked. They weren't leaked. They were released. Well, they were released because somebody demanded they be released because their federal record, and a FOIA request was filed. And what we have found uh, with this release of, of emails is that Dr. Anthony Fauci, the grand poobah of epidemiology, St. Saint, uh, Saint Fauci was wrong, was wrong from the beginning and intentionally was misleading people about uh, lockdown policies, about masking policies, about whether or not these things would actually stop the coronavirus, about the origin of the coronavirus, and on down the line. Jim Jordan talked about this over the week.
2: I guess the takeaway for me is yesterday, Jen Psaki at the White House said that she doesn't want to relitigate 17-month-old emails from Dr. Fauci, and yet today we have the House Democrats on the Judiciary Committee relitigating the Mueller report. Don McGann hasn't been White House counsel for three years. We had 19 lawyers, 40 FBI agents, uh, 500 witnesses, 2,800 subpoenas, $32 million spent. And Mr. McGann already testified for 30-some hours. Um and of course, we have the Mueller report. We've had it for two years. We've had Bob Mueller testify in front of this very committee, and yet the Democrats today are doing a five-six hour deposition. So, um, the, you know, the rules. The transcript comes out next week, but um, so we, we can't get any of the details.
0: The hypocrisy is so thick; it's it's painful, really. What he just said is true. Jen Psaki, the spokesperson for the White House, says we don't want to relitigate. What do you mean relitigate? We have never relitigated. Anthony Fauci's emails, we have never litigated them. We're just finding them for the first time, 17 months ago. But yet, as he just pointed out, they're bringing Don McGahn to come in to testify, to relitigate the Mueller report? Because they didn't like the way the Mueller report ended, which is that Donald Trump and his team did nothing wrong. There was no collusion, that the only collusion that was really done between uh, United States officials and foreign governments like those in Ukraine was done by Joe Biden and his son. So they're going to, re- going to relitigate that, but they're not going to relitigate, or they're, again, her words, relitigate 17-month-old emails from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci has been fraudy for literally uh, the entirety of this COVID affair from January of last year through now, and that's why it's about 17 months. Dr. Fauci has been a fraud. Many of us have said it. Rand Paul has said it on the floor of the Senate or at least in Senate Zoom hearings. Um, You know, Jim Jordan has said it. Uh, 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 John Kennedy of Louisiana said it, and I have said it on the radio. Dr. Anthony Fauci is a fraud. We've played back-to-back his comments saying, do this, no, do the opposite. Over and over and over again, how is this guy guiding our COVID policy? And I would say I said this, if you'll recall, during the Trump administration last year, too. President Trump, why is this guy your point man? I like Dr. Burks better. I liked Dr. Deborah Burks, who was one of the co leaders of the response team, along with Mike Pence, the vice president. I said, Why are you listening to Dr. Anthony Fauci at all? He has no credibility. Say, so highest paid um, federal employee in America, over $500,000 a year because he calls himself an epidemiology specialist, an infectious disease specialist. But what has he been right about? His credibility is absolutely shot. This is CNN talking to Stanford Dr. Jay Bhattacharya.
3: Well, Dr. Bhattacharya, one of Fauci's emails revealed his hypocrisy
0: on the map. Correction, this is Laura Ingram, not CNN. My apologies, but Dr. Bhattacharya is correct.
3: Ask issue, but here's how he spun it. You modify and adjust your opinion. If We knew back then that a substantial amount of transmission was asymptomatic people if we knew then that the data show that masks outside of a hospital setting are actually do work when we didn't know it then of course people would have done that that's so obvious okay (laughs) now I'm not a medical doctor but that didn't make sense Dr. Bhattacharya Uh, he says he changes his mind when the facts change but did the facts actually change on the kind of mask you buy in the store and covid-19 if you're an asymptomatic person
0: yeah it really didn't change a ton i mean i think uh it's uh he's been all over the place on masks uh he, there's some emails you can find in the treasure trove of emails that have been released where he acknowledges that the the virus is aerosolized well the 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 cloth masks that the people have been recommending they're not very particularly effective against aerosolized, you know, viruses. I don't really understand uh, his back and forth, and his answer made absolutely no sense. Yeah, you should change your mind when the science changes, but what is that science that changed, that convinced him that masks are the most effective way? Uh, in fact, like the, the CDC director, uh, Robert Redfield said that masks were more effective than than vaccines, and Dr... <laughs> Fauci did not contradict him when, when Dr. Scott Atlas said that, that that was nonsense, which it was. I, I mean, I think it's it just, it, I, I think his credibility is entirely shot. His credibility is entirely shot. Dr. Bhattacharya is exactly correct. Dr. Fauci's credibility is entirely shot. But what's so frustrating about it is many of us knew that last year and said so. And yet the country has been led into economic ruin by one governor after another based upon the advice of this guy with no credibility. Somebody dubbed him the Grand Poobah, and he ran with it. He couldn't be disputed, even though he himself disputed himself every other day. And now we're finding out so much more about Dr. Fauci, and we're going to have to find out what he knew and when he knew it. Congressman Jim Jordan will join us next to discuss Fauci and more on AM 1420 The Answer. Okay, 948, we continue on AM 1420. The answer as promised now as we make our return on this Monday. Let's welcome back Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, and of course the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. Congressman, good morning. How are you, sir?
3: I'm doing fine, Bob. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Uh, coming off of a nice week-long vacation, and uh, yeah. had a great time down there yeah. in what Jimmy Kimmel calls... Uh, america's north korea you know it's kind of funny i thought i thought florida was the exact opposite of north korea it doesn't lock its people down it doesn't hide them behind masks it gives people the right to be free i thought that was odd huh i don't pay
3: much attention to jimmy kimmel i so thought i didn't know he was doing that but no i agree with you that that's exactly the opposite it's freedom they have governor DeSantis, and the people of florida have embraced freedom and they're doing they're doing things the right way down there and as as uh Some people say he's America's governor, you know, so, um, man, it's like that, that is, but that's just like the left. When have they ever been right? You know, when have they ever been right on a major issue? Uh, They told us that the IRS didn't target conservatives. They told us the dossier was real. They told us Trump (laughs) colluded with Russia. They told us you can, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. They told us that the, uh, you know, that the virus didn't start in uh, the lab, wasn't leaked from the lab. So, you know, they've been wrong on every story.
0: Well, speak, we'll talk about a perfect segue. Um let's talk about Anthony Fauci. Talk about being wrong on every story. Talk about being (laughs) wrong on every element of COVID-19. Talk about being wrong on where it originated. Talk about wrong on who funded it. Talk about being wrong on locking down about whether or not to use masks or how many to use. I mean, Dr. Fauci is finally being exposed for being what a lot of people call Dr. Fraudci over the course of the last 14, 15, 16, 17 months. So Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan, Um, where do we start with this guy now that the emails have been released and we're starting to see he knew so much, so many things different than what he told the public about the response to this virus.
3: Yeah, you, and you would think that the highest paid uh, uh, individual in the United States government could be right at least some of the time. But as you rightly, rightly point out, he's been wrong on so many things. Now look, a couple of things. We don't know for sure if the virus started in the, in the Wuhan China lab. All the evidence seems to suggest that it did. All the evidence seems to be pointing in that direction, but we don't know for sure. What we do know is Dr. Fauci downplayed it, threw cold water on that theory a year ago, and continued to do so. And he did so after he had given money to the guy from EcoHealth, Mr. Daszak, who sent $600,000 to the Wuhan lab. So that, I think that's kind of interesting. And oh, one of those emails is from Daszak thanking Dr. Fauci, for throwing cold water on the lab leak theory. Second, we don't know if this so-called gain-of-function research was actually happening in the Wuhan lab, but it sure seems like the evidence is pointing in that direction. We'll have to find that out. So what I've called for is, I want Dr. Fauci back in front of our committee. The Democrats are pushing back against this, trying to figure out the origins of this virus, but we're the select committee on coronavirus. There's no other select committee on coronavirus in the United States Congress. Why won't the Democrats want to investigate this.
0: You know, it's funny. The last time we spoke, I asked you uh, why Joe Biden suddenly has a keen interest in, in, in developing or or, or in uh, investigating mm-hmm. the origin of this thing, because he pretty much had not before. Suddenly, it's we need to find out how this whole thing started. Um, Dr. Fauci has been on this presidential advisory committee, in fact, leading the presidential advisory committee for both administrations, Trump and Biden. So Joe Biden, you know, all he really had to do is turn to the guy in the room and say, hey, Dr. Fauci, what do you really know about this? Um why, why, why is it that Dr. Fauci hasn't been, you talk about coming back before your committee, he's been before your committee, he's been before the Senate committees, he's had round after round with Rand Paul, he has been exposed before, why hasn't Joe Biden come to this guy before and said, I need you to come clean with everything you know right now, that will be what prompts a real investigation, not one run by the C, uh, the yeah. Chinese communists and the WHO.
3: I, I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, we all got our hunches and suspicions, but I guess what we do know is Dr. Fauci is a hero to the left. Dr. Fauci is a hero to the mainstream press. Dr. Fauci is a hero to the Democrats who run the United States Congress. Dr. Fauci has been a hero to Joe Biden. Jin defended him in a, in a big way last week. So, uh, you know, that, that's just – so maybe that's what's driving it. I don't know. What I do know is all the – and you're seeing this from now, mainstream reporters, New York Times, Washington Post reporters saying – the evidence is pointing strongly in the direction that it was a lab leak that caused this virus that ruined. The, Trump do, you know what? I, I don't. Want, Congress, I didn't want to else. hear
0: from those reporters, congressmen, because they all were told this by Trump uh, support administ- yeah, administration yeah. officials and members of the Trump COVID response team, who all said this, and they literally u- uh, uniformly. Uh, both print and electronic and social media of all of these uh, of, uh, social, all of these media companies yeah. poo pooed it, dismissed it, and said well, yeah. hogwash. In fact, they had Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey covering up any such suggestions yeah. that people made them.
3: Wouldn't you like to see what's underneath the Zuckerberg-Fauci email—the stuff that's redacted? Oh Why my. is that redacted? It can't be national security issue. Is it some trade secret issue? Is there some we're talking about how we're going to censor people who, as it turns out, were likely telling the truth? Uh, what What is underneath that? So I would love to figure out or, or, or have, have them tell us what exactly was Mark Zuckerberg saying to Dr. Fauci? What's underneath that? So, you know, those are the kind of things we need to find out. But you can't do that if you don't bring in Fauci, if you don't bring in this Dazzy guy who was the yeah. guy who got the $3 billion. Of our tax money, and then turned around and gave six hundred thousand to this lab in China, where we think this quote type uh, gain of function type of research was taking place.
0: If it, you, what you said is that uh, all of the evidence seems to point to, and you, you're being cautious and, and, and rightfully so. If it is proven, if we can get a real investigation done, and I don't know if that will ever be granted by Team mm-hmm. Biden, but if we can get a real investigation done it, it, uh, and it is proven that Dr. Fauci helped push funds to this Wuhan lab to do gain-of-function research, which, of course, as we know, means that uh, they are tracking and tracing to figure out and uh, how to, right. uh, to make viruses jump from humans to animal species and vice versa. If if Fauci helped fund that with American taxpayer dollars and then kept quiet about all of this as five hundred ninety some thousand Americans died over the last year and a half, um, what do you have to do here to, to to Dr. Fauci? I mean, he he can't be allowed. He can't be allowed to get away with that, right?
3: Right, and and the key person here, I think, is we need to interview this Chris Hassel, uh, Congressman Gallagher, and I sent a letter to to him last week. If, in fact, there is gain-of-function research being funded with American tax money, there is a review process that is supposed to take place. Remember, this type of research was, was stopped for a while. When it was restarted, it said, if you're going to do it, you've got to run it through a panel of, of, of key people in the government, in the National Science Foundation and HHS in these areas. Chris Hassel's the chair of that. He's the only individual we know who's on that board. He chairs it, and the only reason we know he chairs it is because he, dis- he disclosed that in a speech a year ago. And, and in that speech, he says the definition for what comes in front of us is too narrow. They've only dealt with a couple of proposals. So if if, if it was gain of function and Fauci didn't have it sent to this panel for review, that is a huge issue. So we've sent a letter to Doctor, uh, excuse me, to this Hassel guy just to figure out what he knew, what he might be able to tell us about the whole situation.
0: Uh, we're talk, talking to Congressman Jim Jordan this morning on AM 1420, The Answer. Let me pivot to this. I mentioned this weekend I just flew back from Florida. As I was flying back from Florida, Kamala Harris was finally flying down to deal with the invasion of the United States by way of our southern border. But from what I understand, and I'm scratching my head here, she didn't fly to McAllen. She didn't right. fly to Laredo. She flew to Guatemala somehow yeah. to figure out how to stop the flow at the border of the United States and Mexico, can you explain that to me? And do you think, by the way, when she flew down to Guatemala, that she at least looked out her window and looked down as they passed over <laughs> the southern border yeah. so that she can yeah. see she visited it?
3: There's nothing you can uh, you can explain about this administration on the border issue or pretty, it, pretty much any other issue. Um, and you're only left with the, the conclusion. I, I, I think yeah, yeah, you almost have to reach the conclusion that they want this chaos. They want this mess. Um, they want this this a lot of illegals coming into our country. And it's, uh, you know, President Biden won't go to the border. Vice President Harris won't go to the border. When Secretary Mayorkas went to the border, Bob, he wouldn't let the press in the facilities he was actually visiting. So the press didn't get to see what's going on. Now, we know just from some press who have been doing their job down there how bad it is. But this administration is completely, uh, it seems, out to lunch on, on what needs to happen down there. And you're left with no conclusion. But they created this mess. Because for some reason they they want to radically change our immigration law. Uh, in the end, in, in uh, as as a policy.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and meanwhile she continues to literally ignore what's going on at the border and yeah. uh, the flood of of people crossing it. Um, last thing, let's talk about something good. Joe Manchin. We have all talked about yep. how he may be as powerful right now in the United States government as Joe Biden uh, because he has got the the ability to either green light. All of the radical Dem proposals to reshape this country, how does Barack Obama say it, fundamentally transform this country. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got the ability to green light it or to stop it with one single vote. And he has now indicated, A, he will not vote to support an end to the legislative filibuster. And B, he is not going to vote. He wrote a big op-ed saying he's not going to vote for the For the People federal takeover of the election process. That is encouraging.
3: No, it's, it's great news for the country. Uh, it's it's great news for I think uh, obviously the people of West Virginia who who he, he serves, but for the entire nation because the the radical agenda they want to go on and what what that specific piece of legislation would do to our election law is 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 just terrible. So this is there are still a few and I and I stress few there are still a few Democrats who who understand that the radical left that's taken over the Democrat Party is is dangerous for the country. So God bless Joe Manchin and Christine Sinema. Who's in, in essence said some of the same things about the filibuster rule. Um, that that's gonna that's gonna help us hold off the craziness until we take back the house uh, in in eighteen months, which I think is gonna happen.
0: Do you have a relationship of any kind with Mansion? Text him. Once in a while, Say hi yeah, to him. No, you don't.
3: No, I mean I've talked to him a couple of times. That I mean he used to go on Fox some, so I've seen him in uh, you know back before COVID. I've seen him over in the Fox studio, but um, so I've talked to him a couple of times, but I I, I don't really. Um,
0: know him well okay the only reason i mean you know we border you know our states border one another obviously and you know you guys were in the same uh, the same congress uh big big picture congress and and uh, because i remember having you on after we uh we lost the georgia runoff elections and i said congressman we need you and every other republican who's a reasonable person who can reach out to joe manchin to say joe don't go you know there's five or six things there was this the federal election takeover bill there was the green new deal there is 51st state for washington dc and 52nd, maybe for Puerto Rico. There's a packing of the court, abolition of the electoral college. The most radical things that they could do if he would just stand up and oppose, we are okay. And we need him to know that, you know, that he's got support and we need people to ask him for that. So I just didn't know if you or any others are really working with him so that uh, that real, this is what real bipartisanship looks like.
3: Yeah, there was talk, uh, you know, right after election, you know, would, would Manchin even consider. You know, moving to the Republican Party. Yeah. Um, you know, his state is is one of the most Republic, pro-Trump uh, Republican states now uh, in in the nation. So um, there was even talk of that initially, but this is good. This is this is great news for the country. Um, you know, God He may not for, have a choice uh, now.
0: He, the left is so livid with him for this op-ed saying he's not going to vote to federalize the elections. They may drive him to the Republican Party, which I would say, yeah. come on in, Joe. We welcome yep. uh, we, we need more sure. people like you under our tent. Uh, Congressman Jordan, thanks for the time, sir, as always. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. That's uh, Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. We'll get news now and come back with your phone calls. Uh, Bottom of the hour, by the way, Dave Ray, Federation for American Immigration Reform. We'll talk more about Kamala's visit to Guatemala. That's at 1035. But your calls are next on The Authority.